0: One time I asked Matt if he thought that I was funny, and he said, Have I told you this? Mm-mm. I said, Matt, don't you think I'm so funny? And he said, You were funny one time. <laughs> I was like, Are you That's kidding such me? A That's that is nonsense. such a mad thing to say. <laughs> You're listening to Lead Them to Life, where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Leda. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Lead Them to Life. I am super, super excited about this episode. I have one of my dear friends here with me today. Oh, you just lit up when I said that. Are you honored by that? I'm so honored. Oh, good. I'm so glad, John Cons. Welcome to Lead Them to Life.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm okay. excited to be here.
0: I need to tell you something. When I first started um, dreaming about doing this podcast, um, and, and it was kind of put on my heart, you were one of the first people that I told, and I remember. I was like, I told my husband, I was like, I need to go out for coffee with John Cons and like bounce this off of him and, and get his ideas and whatever. And you were just such a cheerleader. And, and here you are sitting across from me and it's becoming a reality. What a, what a cool thing.
1: Yeah. I like to think that I'm mostly responsible for I this. I feel that's, like you
0: are. Yeah. <laughs> we should really, it should be lead him to life with John, with John Cons, or inspired by John Kahn's or something. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Well,
1: I'm a fan of just about everything that you do. So. Um, I'm excited. Oh, Let's yeah. Oh, I'm excited okay, to see what so happens.
0: I know you super well, but for our listeners that might not know you, tell us just a little, a little bit about you. Tell us all the things. Who are you?
1: Yeah, I am John Cons. I am, um, well, I guess first and foremost, um, a sinner striving towards heaven. I'm a son of the most high that's God. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> You've known me too long.
0: I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. I um, was <laughs> striving. Striving it's towards striving. God. That's it's what I'm saying. Striving
1: towards heaven. Yeah, that's what i Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I'm a... A husband to a amazingly, just wonderfully beautiful woman um, who's also a surgeon, or she's on her way to becoming a surgeon. I I always tell people, you don't really know fear until you're sleeping next to someone who's professionally trained to remove body parts (laughs) without leaving a trace. Um, So that's my wife. Uh, As you can imagine, I don't win many arguments, just out of my own self-preservation. So a husband and then uh, a father. Uh, I've got uh, a son. He just turned one the other day. And another one on the way in February. Woohoo, woohoo. Yep. And then in my professional life, I, I work at St. Catherine Drexel. I'm the director of religious education there. Um, I'm also, I every once in a while, I get asked to help out with parish missions, diocesan conferences, events, mm-hmm. retreats. Speaking
0: and sp- doing music and that kind of thing, right? Yep, 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 absolutely. Yep. Okay, we need to go back to your wife. Brooke, I know a lot of fun people. And I would consider myself a, like a really fun human being. Would you agree? Yeah. I feel like you hesitated. Brooke is like I think she is the most fun human being I have ever met. Have I told you this? No. We had y'all no. over for y'all. What is this, Texas? Um, we had y'all over for a game night a couple of weeks ago, and when you left, Matt and I both were like, "John is awesome, but Brooke? <laughs> <laughs> she is so stinking fun like she just I think is such a ball of energy Mm -hmm. and light wherever she goes and yeah you just landed yourself a stunner she's She's awesome
1: she is she's like the most kind and warm personality but she's also like like wickedly competitive yeah and so when she like she does those games she's all in on them she brought it
0: yeah, absolutely. good thing I was like, "Praise the Lord, she's on my team." Because I don't think we could have done it without her. We like absolutely dominated, and mm-hmm. I would owe it one hundred percent to Brooke. She was just amazing. Yeah,
1: and she's like this this petite little package, but she's so feisty too. Yeah. So like, and and she's funny. She's just yeah. so funny. You, you she comes off so sweet and so pleasant so much, but then she like just like. Slips Got that in feist. this little bit of yeah, sass totally, or whatever, totally. and you almost miss it. <laughs> yeah, but then you catch it, and it just floors you. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Yeah. Okay,
0: so how long have you guys been married?
1: Uh, oh. We were working on three years, okay, so about two and a half.
0: And you spent you you spent your first full year year and a half mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in a completely you moved to Chicago in a completely yeah. new city, new place. I don't think you knew anyone. I would love for you to just talk a little bit about that experience as kind of. Uh, how that shaped your marriage right off, right off the get go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No. um, Yeah. So we moved to Chicago. I, you know, I, I met Brooke um, right as she was wrapping up med school and right before she got matched to whatever residence she was going to do residency mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. Um, for surgery. And so I, you know, I fell in love with Brooke and it just, it just was clear. We, you know, we were called um, to the vocation marriage with one another and she got matched in Chicago and, and, you know, at first, that's, it's really hard kind of to walk away from um, all those friends and all the family that are, we're both super close to our families. Mm-hmm. We have good friend networks um, that are here in the Sioux Falls area. And so, yeah, to go over there, it was kind of, uh, I don't know, I, I kind of say a trial by fire for your mm-hmm. marriage. But, you know, the the tough thing was not being around family. The good thing was, you know, if we were having a disagreement or if we were, um struggling in work or whatever it might be, the only person we had to really lean on that was there was one another. Mm-hmm. And so I I feel, uh, we both feel, we've talked about this, that it really cemented our our relationship. And especially now being back, um, back in the Sioux Falls area, I think that's one of the things we see is that we do have a really healthy dynamic and um, are able to keep clear boundaries with our our families, you know, because yeah. they're they're just really invested in our yeah. lives and all that stuff. So yeah. it's just been really good, really healthy, just to lean on each other in the in the good and the bad mm-hmm. in the day to day. And and we're just I, I feel kind of finely tuned that way.
0: Do you feel like it kind of forced? a reliance on one another, you know, cause I mm-hmm. think I have other friends that, um, were living away their first year, two years, three years, five years of marriage, um, from any other family and, and really any other community, you know, for those that were there a little bit longer living away f- for a longer period of time, I think they were able to foster community. But I remember one of, um, one of these friends just saying like, we had to rely on each other in a very particular way. You know, we just didn't have mm-hmm. any other options. And so it just was this kind of uh, really healthy and, and actually beautiful like interdependence, you know, this um, a really healthy dependency. Uh, in their first couple of years of marriage, which I think can be difficult, especially for people that were single for a long time before they got married, that are used to doing life on their own Mm -hmm. or people that, uh, you know, maybe are very, very close with their family and rely heavily on their involvement, their ideas, their input, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I I just think it, it, it created, yeah, that, that dependency on one another, but also just like forced us to learn to communicate. With one another, yeah. I'm. I'm just. I'm one of the most particular people in the world. I like everything to be where it's supposed to be, and um, if you pick it up in that spot, it's not too hard to put it back down. Seriously? From, oh yeah. Oh my I'm, gosh. I'm the worst that way. You, you'll have to I'm talk to about friends. it sometime. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm
0: so not that way.
1: Yeah, and and on the other hand, Brooke is like the person who never closes the toothpaste cap. You know. And oh that, yeah. Um, you know, so learning to kind of navigate those frustrations, but also learning to let go of little things like that yeah. that just aren't aren't, um, that aren't healthy, you know, combating resentments, you know, we couldn't, like you said, we couldn't go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had to depend on each other and learn to communicate those. So I, I think the big thing for us was learning, um, learning, to kind of set those little pieces aside, but learning to communicate. Yeah. The, the other thing that was nice is she was working 80 to hundred hours a week. So we really had to pick so our battles. <laughs> Wait, are we going to get <laughs> along tonight time. or not? Yeah. We yeah. don't really have time to yeah. fight. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was really the great gift. Joke, mm-hmm. Oh gosh. That's so funny. I love it. So I, do you remember when we first met? Yeah. Where was it? I know um, it was, I had just a, moved back to Sioux Falls.
1: We went to some event with, um, Joey head. Okay. Remember Joey Head? Yeah, I do remember Joey. Yeah, Head. we. Yeah. Um, gosh, what was it? I don't remember the event, but okay. I remember. I remember meeting you. Okay. Um, and at that
0: time, you were working in ministry. Mm-hmm. I was um, at Gorman school. High School. Yep, you were at the high school. Okay. Um, I just I was reflecting on that because you and I were just having a conversation the other day about just the seasons. Seasons mm-hmm. of life and, and, you know, as we were sitting there in my office and, and actually talking about this podcast, laughing about how much our seasons have changed since mm-hmm. since we first met. You know, at the time when we first met, we were both relatively new in, in Sioux Falls where we're, we're both now living, um, kind of looking for friends. Neither of us were um, married um, and just looking for that community and that kind of thing. And I feel like for me, that was a hard season. I think I grew a lot, but I'd be curious to know what that, what that season of life for you was like. And then especially now kind of with the, the lens that you have on of just entering into your vocation as, as a husband and now as a father of, of two, um, what was that season for you?
1: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a tough time in life. Um, yeah, I think one of the biggest things that, um, one of the biggest kept secrets of adulthood is that nobody has any idea what they're doing, <laughs>
0: yeah. and and that, that it's hits, all an illusion. It,
1: it is, <laughs> it, and it hits. It's uh, it kind of hits the forefront, or kind of hits the head once um, you graduate from college and you have to start deciding now what you know. Because mm-hmm. until then, it's pretty destination oriented. You know, get get through high school and then get to college, find a degree, and all that stuff, and then try to find a job. Even can can be part of that, but then after that, it's kind of like well. Now I just live each day,
0: yeah, you
1: know, and, and a big yeah. part of that finding friends and kind of deciding where where you stand on moral issues and you know where are the healthy boundaries you know, am I gonna eat this week or am I gonna go out drinking with my friends? you know yeah. you, you gotta balance all these all <laughs> these things, and that's yeah, tough, yeah. <laughs> at yeah. times, you know, but also then this this strong, I don't know, searching for, for who I am. I I think it's one of the first times we really wrestle with who am I? We ask that a little bit, you know, for youth and teens Mm -hmm. and stuff. Is there, well, who are you going to be, you know, someday, but now it's okay. Who am I?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so, yeah, I think you're Mm -hmm. so right. That's a, it's the first time in life where you're not surrounded by uh, a bunch of people that are, have the same interests and that are the same age as you, Mm -hmm. you know, all throughout schooling and that kind of thing. You're always um, with such like-minded individuals and mm-hmm. i think you're so right when you're out on your own um in that season kind of post college maybe pre you know pre marriage or pre vocation or whatever there is that that questioning of who am i because all of those systems surrounding you um in many ways kind of fall away
1: yeah yeah mm. absolutely and and so what i found in that and and this is kind of where my Um, I would say one of my key conversions of my life, you know, it's kind of an ongoing process, but um, I met you, I believe, shortly after I had a big moment in my life where I I had been engaged and um, basically through the process of my ministry, I just really felt that God was calling me to draw closer to him. I was kind of one of those, I'm good enough Catholics for a long time. And it just, he pulled out of me a desire to be more Mm -hmm. than I was, Um, you know, feeling this, uh, this schism, kind of between this gap between who who I was during the day that the kids looked up to, that I was was pretending to be this this Christian minister, this Catholic minister, um, and then who I was when I went home at night, mm, and yeah. and realizing that there was just this huge gap, and and um, hating the feeling of that gap and yeah. standing in the middle, yeah, um, and so just kind of through that process, the uh, my ex fiance and I decided that that it wasn't a good fit. We called off the wedding, and that was that was really painful. Um, and that was kind yeah, of no a, joke. Uh, yeah, that, that was kind of a time when you had entered in. And and at that time, my conversation with God was really, um, I, I I think it was the first time it ever became honest. Oh, right?
0: interesting. Yeah.
1: Um, because up until then, um, you know, and living in sin and making choices that are contrary to what the will of God, you're, you're living in a way where you can't truly be honest with God, right? Where you're, I, I felt like for a long time I was the, the woman with the hemorrhages, right? Mm. She goes after Jesus to get healed. And when she finally touches him, gets healed. First thing she does is hide.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I and yeah. I felt like
1: that had been me for so long, yeah. just hiding. Kind of hiding. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then this, this relationship broke, and it was a really important time in my life. Um, and my response was, God, this is your fault. So now what? And it was the first honest conversation I had had with him, right? Yeah. And so um, it was this really...
0: I wanted this. I, I Maybe even yeah. a bit of, I thought you wanted this. Mm-hmm. Like, did you feel that at the time, at least? Like, God, I, I think you thought that the, or, you know what I mean? He, that you felt like that was his will at the time? Well,
1: I, I think, honestly, it was, I thought we had a deal, man. I'm oh. a pretty good guy. And I thought you were going to give me this. Yeah. And then I did. Oh,
0: that's so good. <laughs> and, that's so that's so yeah. human. That's mm-hmm. so human. I think there's a lot of people that have that experience. Okay, continue. Yeah. yeah
1: and and just in wrestling with that, you know, and and having that conversation, um, came this reality: if I'm having this conversation with God, then He must truly be real. And if He really is real, then I got to try doing things His way. Um, and at the time we met, I had just begun to pray in a real way.
0: Mm, I yeah. would say I, it, yeah. it
1: wasn't just saying Our Fathers at night and just you know, throwing prayers into the abyss, but actually sitting with scripture, um, trying to the ab- work to abide in the yeah. word and 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 really just trying to to listen and figure out where I was supposed to go because I had made so many decisions and I've been trying to make so many things happen and suddenly they all fell apart in front of me. Mm-hmm. And realizing how little control I had over that, how little um, you know, I, I just thought, all right, well, if I'm not that good at making decisions, then then maybe Lord help me. Just tell mm-hmm. me where you want to go. And it yeah. was the first time I was really open in that sense to walking alongside or walking with Christ.
0: Yeah. Gosh, this is making me think. I had a professor in college that I just remember him saying something along the lines of, Emily, very few people run to God simply because of his goodness, his beauty, his majesty, his omnipotence, his omnipotence, you know, all this thing. That And and he said, most people uh, run to God because they're kind of running from something else. Mm -hmm. And I remember hating that. And thinking like, no, I like, I want to believe that God is just beautiful enough that we're just, we're going to be drawn to it. But if I look at my own life and the lives of 90% of the people I know, I would say it's kind of, it's kind of like what you're saying is like, I had to get really honest because what I thought was going to be my life fell through or what I thought was going to happen, um, ended up not being the, the direction, um, that I could walk anymore, and and there's this kind of anger and this empty handedness, you know. But I think it's really like when there's some empty hands that God can mm-hmm. actually do the work that He wants to do, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, and and then the fruit of entering into that conversation of allowing God to help shape and form you, you know, then years years down the line, of course, you know, then enter people like you, right? That are these um, beautiful examples of a virtuous friendship, and which is what I really needed. I needed. Friends that could kick me in the right direction when I needed, yeah. friends that could listen and understand and be compassionate, but all the time pointing towards towards Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, either, uh, you being one of them, there's a number of friends that that really God brought into my life at exactly the right time. And, and I can even remember I, we were just talking the other day. I remember one specific conversation that probably formed me as a man more than um, than many <laughs> that I've had over the past. But but you you had essentially um, called me out for being a flirty guy. Mm. and uh, and it was a tough one to take because I always I just thought... How one, did I
0: do? Did I do it nicely? Um, no. Okay. Yeah, no,
1: you were gentle <laughs> enough. Talk. You were just... Yeah, yeah, no, you were. It was... Um... Take one to <laughs> Sorry, no I one, man. It takes one to no, no one. No, you really I did. It. You, yeah. it was... Um,
0: yeah.
1: I, it was just kind of, well, you know, I think this... Because I was voicing some kind of concern or struggle and and you had basically said, well, you know, the reality, John, you're, you're kind of flirty. I think you need to just kind of um, set your eyes forward and, and kind of mm it was really a call to own my mind body, you know, um, and to, um, discipline those to behave in accord with what Mm -hmm. was in my, I guess my, my heart, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that was really formative because I know that my wife now, if not for that conversation and, you know, kind of getting some of those pieces in my life. And then aside from just, um, ardently pursuing Christ, uh, you know, trying to, Know Jesus, yeah. You know, those are the uh, two of the things that I know made her feel safe—that she knew that there wasn't competition for her attention. Yeah, you yeah. know that that I was focused on her. Yeah, um, and and on Jesus, and those were yeah. the two things that mattered to her.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, I, I I love that story because I think it it illustrates a real insight into what authentic friendship can be, Mm -hmm. you know? And and I, and I, and I know for a fact that there were similar moments where you really challenged me, um, in that season of our lives. And it was just such this, like what brotherhood can do, what sisterhood can do, Mm -hmm. um, when it's done authentically, when it's created in a really, um, yeah, I don't know. God just kind of like gave it to us. And I think it was such a gift because it really did present this, Um, this person in my life that was sometimes a mirror for me Mm. when I didn't want to look in the mirror, if that, you know what I mean? I I think those friendships, you being, you being included in that was, um, very much when I wanted to hide from things or not own up to the fact that I wasn't necessarily being who I always wanted to be maybe or, or whatever it might've been. Um, yeah, you're just kind of a mirror, um, that, that forces forced me to look at myself and, Mm. and be, and be honest, you know? So Yeah. I think it's it's a it's amazing really what God can do in those types of friendships.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Such a well, gift. I hear so many um you hear on a lot of podcasts or a number of podcasts, they they'll tackle the problem or the question of whether men or women can be friends. Yeah. And just be friends. Yeah. And I, I often think of our friendship mm-hmm. over the years and how it's actually it's essential that they be just friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Which which takes a lot of intentionality, right? And mm-hmm. setting up the appropriate boundaries and all that stuff. But it's it's incredibly fruitful.
0: Yeah. It's been pure gift. Yeah. It really absolutely. has been pure gift. And
1: then, you know? you know, I, I also see that and how that then has allowed, um, Brooke and I to be gift to each other. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and then yeah, looking back on all that, being able to thank God, you know, that, well, going back to that, thanking God that he didn't give me the thing that I wanted back then, because in comparison to what I have now, um, and the, the gift that Brooke is the, the reality of God's love that she is to me mm-hmm. on a daily basis, yeah. um, I mean, that's a, a gift more immeasurable than I I dared to dream to have on right. my own. Right. And right. it wasn't until God became a part of that equation that um that, that could kinda happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you so you and Brooke, we talked about this a bit ago. You and Brooke moved away um from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where we're at now. Uh you were in Chicago for a year and then your dad this past summer mm-hmm. um passed away. He had cancer. Was it did he have cancer for about a year?
1: So I'm trying I to remember had, that timeline, I think essentially, I mean, he was cancer free for, I want to say six months to a year. They thought he was cancer free. So it was a three-year process a Three-year process. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So, so this past summer, then, um, you, you had kind of gotten the call that your dad was just not, not doing well and likely was not going to get any better. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that process like for you of You and Brooke deciding to move back, you know, what all went into that process? Because you moved back uh, about a month, I think, before he passed away. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We had about a month before he passed away after we got back. Um, Yeah. So we, like I said, we had thought that he was cancer free and then he had this appointment and was having a couple issues and and they found that it had come back. Um, It was in his brain. And, you know, it was one of those things where because we were away, I think we were a little shielded from mm. what was really happening.
0: The depth um, of
1: it. Yeah, just just that it was, oh, it's progressing. And, you know, we heard, oh, dad's got a limp, but we're still, you know, we're going to do this and this medication. And we're going to try this treatment and that should help. We're really hopeful that that'll, you know, we've got a lot of reasons to be hopeful kind of stuff. But we, let's see, he was diagnosed again in, in February. They had found it. And then I believe well, whenever Easter was, if that was April,
0: April or March. So
1: in April we went, um, went back home for Easter. And that was the first time I had seen dad since he had, um, been diagnosed. And that's when it kind of hits you like, oh, dad doesn't have a limp. Dad, dad's having trouble using his left leg. Yeah. Like he, like he just can't really use his left leg. And he actually, um, that weekend he, he tripped, um, and, and hit his head really bad outside, you know, and, um, he had come in and he had his hand on his head and was kind of dazed and you know, I was the closest, yeah. so I ran over and grabbed him, had to help him into a chair. And it's just kind of one of those moments that makes you go, oh, this isn't, you know, dad was always knocking his head on things or you know, bumping his hands because he was <laughs> a farmer. A farmer and yeah. <laughs> like me, he didn't appear yeah. to protect the top of the dome there. So, um, yeah, he, uh, so it just was very clear that things were worse than we expected. And, and on that way, on the way home um, back to Chicago, I just remember asking Brooke because she's she's a surgeon, you know, and um, and she's done oncology rotations and all this stuff. And I just said, "You got to. I need you to be honest with me
0: about what's,
1: what's going on with that." And and she was very honest, and it was kind of a question of, you know, can we wait to go back, or is is he going to make it long enough for us to come back at the end of your residency?
0: Wow, yeah.
1: And and she was very honest, and she said he doesn't have years left. Yeah, um, which which I, I'm thankful for. Um, so it started this process of just saying, well, Brooke, if, is it a possibility that we could transform it? And I, I, have to give her so much credit for this that I, I went blind with just, you know, my, my heart dropped out of my body, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, couldn't see straight. I mean, it was just like, it just rocked my world to be mm-hmm. like, oh, my dad. big
0: strong dad is not looking so strong yeah, right now. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and so it just was a lot of conversations of, you know, is it possible? And eventually, um, we got to the point where we just said, "Let's see if it's an option." Because residency is a really big deal. Um, you get matched across the nation. There's only so many spaces, and they're only given so many spots, and they have to, and they fill them. And so there's not like there's extra spots. It's not like it's easy to just bop from one place to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we thought, well, let's just look. Chances are, it's not an option to transfer, um, you know. And that was kind of our discernment was, you know, we need to make a decision now because uh, you know May is kind of the latest you can do any of that stuff. And it was April already. Oh. And so we, we said, well, if God, if we're called to go back, God will open the door was really kind of the big piece of our discernment. And so we reached out, um, and long story short, basically they, they made a position for her, which
0: does not happen, which doesn't happen. They had the get special way, yeah.
1: permissions and stuff like you that know, to expand that. the number of residents. I mean, that's not a real thing. Um, so they, they made a space for her. Um, and then, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, we were able to kind of make that work, but there, there was a serious point in there too, where, um, the question was up in the air and she had an obligation to, you know, tell her current residency that she'd be leaving. And it, that had to happen before we had the confirmation that she was going into the other. And I, oh, this that's is, a leap. this is a huge leap. And you know, it's med, med school and I yeah. mean, this is hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt and it's all that stuff. So it really is one of those, um, it was just one of those things where she just, I mean, she just took a huge leap. She trusted, um, she trusted God she trusted that. And, and God just like made all the pieces line up and knocked them down and Amazing. just, just got us home. So, so we could spend a really good month with dad before he yeah, passed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, I think, I think death has a way of just changing our perspective, mm. um, you know, and, and makes us look at life a little bit differently. A lot of times I think if, if we allow it to, I think it can actually make us see the world a bit more clearly. Mm. Um, you know, that, that time is not an endless resource or that whatever, you know, um, that life is short, etc. Was there anything that you feel like you saw, you know, more clearly um, after your dad passed away, maybe even just your role as a father, did your role as, as a father and a husband become more clear as a son, did that become more clear? Um, or, or yeah, your view of the world.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, there's so That's much. That's a big that, question. Yeah, no, no, no it is. So. Um, there's so much that that I've been unpacking um, from that experience. I, I think just one of the universal principles, like for for your listeners, that um, when somebody is grieving, and I and I would say this isn't um, just just the loss of a loved one. It could be a, a painful separation. It could be uh, when somebody's grieving. My experience is there are no right answers. Um, you know, because there's a lot of people who said a lot of very kind things to us, um, none, none of which made the experience any better, hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, but but really in the sense of um, what makes a difference is your presence and, and your genuine um, act of love. So I, I can't really tell you anything anybody said to us. and None of it was insulting or, but were or offensive. But I remember that they were there. Yeah. I remember that they genuinely were were sad for us. They genuinely loved us. Um, and so... it in a lot of ways that, um, that took the pressure off of it for me when I see somebody else suffering
0: yeah, to
1: just commiserate with and be like, yeah, this does suck. Yeah. And actually that's the one thing I remember somebody coming through the line at the, the visitation before the funeral and said, just look me in the eyes, took a deep breath. Well, this sucks, huh? Hmm. And that, that's like the one genuine thing that I yeah. really remember from that, you know, but yeah. the rest is just hugs and, you know, um, yeah. moments shared. People um, matter. People matter so much. Yeah. 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 Um, The the other thing, too, that I would say is that it it really did um, give clarity. I I would agree. Yeah, it gave clarity to kind of my role in my family, um, just in the need uh, for me to step up as a man. Mm, Um, Yeah. In in the absence of our father, uh, I've seen myself and my brothers and and my sister in her own ways, you know, too, um, but step into his role. Mm. And, and what that means for the transition of life. You know, just little things like taking care of mom. You know, that's that's our responsibility now. Yeah. It's not just on dad to yeah. make sure that happens. So, yeah. you know, going out to the farm and changing the oil on the tractors, you know, for her, going out and mowing the lawn for mm-hmm. her when we can. And um, little things like that. I, I just see that, that that's a big role, but also reaching out to one another, making sure that um, I remember him saying that his one goal with my sister who is by far the the best of all of my siblings like she uh, of all of us she made just period. The, She's she, just the yeah best. she just made the fewest mistakes she's just just a holy rock star woman <laughs> with a beautiful family and um but I remember him saying his like his one goal for her was that um at the end of the day, she would know she was loved by her father, like that was his one goal wow and uh and so you know I, I know that he approached all of us that way and and wanting to make sure that my family know that they're loved, um, yeah. and not just in general, but, but by me. Um, and that's, that's very important to me yeah. right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just not, it's, it's not enough that, um, someone is told that they're loved. They must know that mm-hmm. they are loved. They must yeah. feel that they are loved.
1: Yeah. I was, um, when I think about the role of, you know, resentment in, in, in all of that. And and I think about that, um,
0: resentment towards toward, God, towards Towards resentment in general, and resentment in general, the okay. resentment yep. and the
1: way it gets in the way of of oh, holiness yeah, I'm with you. and love. Yeah, um, yeah, in my own life, yeah, yeah and yeah, this yeah. might be my own experience, but I remember waking up with my um, my son woke up at like three in the morning. We were remodeling our bathroom at the time, oh. so I, I was up till one a.m. remodeling the bathroom, and I mm-hmm. went to bed, and then he was up at three. <laughs>
0: if you want to know what resentment yeah. feels like,
1: folks, <laughs> yeah. and that's it. <laughs> have a, yeah,
0: have a one year old wake you up at three. And I morning.
1: remember holding this uh this precious little child, this less than one year old, and and I'm shoving the bottle of milk in his mouth and I remember feeling deeply in my heart just this, why won't you sleep, you little whatever? Yeah. You know and <laughs> you
0: little punk. <laughs> you little
1: punk. That's yeah, that's I called, a nice side word. Side
0: note, I called my my three year old a punk the other day. It's like, you're just being a little punk and she said, No, you're being a punk. <laughs> 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 I thought it was like the most hilarious thing I've it ever heard in my life. Mind. Okay, yeah. Um, so it's three o'clock in the morning. You're trying to get him to go back to sleep. trying to go
1: back to sleep. And I it, as I'm as I'm looking down at him with what probably looks like a face full of resentment, I it just struck me in my heart as like, um the thought of my dad. And I and I'm just and maybe true or maybe not, but I'm just certain he never looked at me like that. Mm. And, you know, I I think that there's been a lot of moments where he he prods me like that. And there's an awareness that um, after his death in a lot of ways through faith um, and through the Eucharist and the body of Christ we're closer than than we've ever been mm-hmm. um and, and just that awareness and it was it allowed me to master myself um and and to transform my face of from one of frustration to one of love and to make sure yeah. that that's what I was communicating to him yeah. um so so there's just so much that 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 does you know and um that, that the loss of, of that that loss has allowed to kind of transform how I just even live my own mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think those are just some yeah. of the the big ones that just in the day-to-day um, struggle, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I have a little extra, I guess someone else praying for me in heaven yeah. now, you know, yeah. and yeah. that doesn't mean that and there are times where it's just, yeah, or it's just hard, but where it just sucks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I so appreciate just your vulnerability in that because I think, um, you know, almost everyone that's listening has likely experienced loss in Mm. in some way. And I think, um, it does, it allows us to look at the world differently. It allows us to just see the world a bit differently. And, um, yeah, so I just appreciate your vulnerability and sharing, Mm. sharing that because I know it's hard and, Mm. and, and in many ways it's still fresh. So, so I appreciate that. Um, I don't think I prepped you f- for this. So I'm going to ask you the question and then I'm going to talk for a little while so that you have time to think about it. But okay, I want to know nervous. a question that you are currently pondering. So this podcast, um, one of our taglines is that this is a place with more questions than answers, because I really believe that some of the greatest insights um, that I've received in life, the greatest aha moments, etc., have come from either asking myself or someone asking me uh, a really good question, a really deep question. Um, so I want to know if there's a question that you have been pondering, you don't have to answer it. In fact, it's a rule. You can't answer it and I can't answer it, but a question that you've been thinking about, Mm -hmm. it can be funny, it can be silly, it can be deep, it can be anything in between. Um, but is there a question that you've been wondering about in your own life right now?
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, one thing that I've always struggled with is or questioned is how um bella could have chosen jacob or okay uh, yeah no, uh, that's a edward good. over jacob now
0: that is a question yeah yeah, yeah that's a really good question
1: no i um, i, genu- genu- like, I don't genuinely that about. Is... <laughs> uh,
0: that's a little twilight a little i actually twilight not read humor. the
1: books but i mean not neither I've, I've only seen most <laughs> yeah of the right
0: you totally have i
1: did not read the books <laughs> <laughs> um no uh, a, a genuine answer to your question or question response to yours would be um and again, kind of keeping on the theme of dad, one thing I've genuinely been um, wrestling with, I trying to grow in, um, pondering. There's a reality that we have this miraculous God, right? And and He works miracles all the time. I've experienced them, and and in my prayers for um, while dad was sick, um, and especially at the end, one of my my big questions was, you know, it was clear that I was praying for healing, and then we weren't going to get healing. Um, and it just came to a point where I was like, Lord, if you're not going to heal him and, and I believe you can, and I, I believe you could, and you're just choosing not to, um, I think one of the, the questions that that I have is how should I be praying? Mm,
0: what do I pray for? What
1: do I pray for? You know, and, yeah. um, I think that's a really yeah hard question to answer, you know, yeah. and, I, and I've i been asked that by parishioners who are struggling and mm-hmm. a, and by friends, you know, I, I had a friend that was... Um, came into my office one time and was in tears because her friend was getting a divorce and she just didn't know how to, how to pray for that. She yeah. didn't know what she should, how she should be supporting her. she didn't. And I, you know, so whatever that struggle might be like is um, how do I pray well? Mm-hmm. How do I pray correctly? How do I pray um, effectively? How do, you know, and what does that look yeah. like and feel like? I, yeah. I think that's just, and that's probably one I'll be trying to figure out the whole, yeah. whole rest of my life. Yeah. You know, And that's, yeah. But I think think that's one that's deep on my heart.
0: That's an awesome question. What a great question. Well, thank you for sharing it with us. Mm -hmm. John, this was awesome. I'm always so grateful for our conversations and just for your authentic witness and vulnerability. It's just, it's really contagious. So listeners, I hope you uh, enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, As always, if this blessed you, please feel free to share it with a friend um, that you think might benefit from it. Um, and then be sure to check us out on, on all the social media channels. You can follow the diocese at SF diocese on Instagram or on Facebook, or, um, I'd be happy to connect with you personally as well at Emily M Leedham. Um, but until next time, may God bless you and we'll be back soon.